Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we enter uncharted territory in the history of our dedicated video game platforms. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including some cleanup on the Nintendo Direct from last week. And then on Thursday, we're going to be discussing our favorite games from 5, 10, 20, and 30 years ago. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. I, so we're, we're going to do this topic this week. It's going to happen. Assuming... There's not another Nintendo presentation that gets in the way. You think there's going to be like another blockbuster Nintendo Direct that we'd lose our minds about? And we <laughs> have to record be, another like 80 minute. That'd be really funny. Just about that. You know how like sometimes like music artists will, um, they'll have two albums. Yes. And one they'll release with a lot of fanfare. And then the other one, it like just like just, comes out. Uh, just a couple of like months or weeks later, yeah. they're like, hey, by the way, we also recorded this other album. It'd be really funny if Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct, right? and then, and then this week like we're another like, Nintendo Direct. <laughs> yeah, they were like, yeah. <laughs> secret surprise, yes. Nintendo no, that's Direct. Good. I, well, cause like, and then none for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's so right. They're just like, two up front, <laughs> we got exhausted. <laughs> it's all you get. I do like the idea that like uh, we are, as Nintendo fans, we're too plugged in. We can't be surprised. Like The only way to do it is to like reinvent the way you deploy these things. <laughs> I think they could do it. It's true. I think it's if anyone true. could, it's them. Um, Mark, but there are other big things happening in the world of Nintendo right now. Yeah. Including this Friday. This Friday, Super Nintendo Land. Oh, Super Nintendo World. Sorry. I accidentally referred to the portable version of it, evidently. <laughs> Super Nintendo World is opening at Universal Studios uh, Hollywood. And Mark, we're going to go. Not on the 17th, Not on though. the 17th. <laughs> I'm just saying it opens on the <laughs> 17th. Right. It opens on the 17th. Yes. We're going to be going on Sunday, February 26th. And because it's not that far away, we're not going to do like a, a formal get together or any meetup or anything like that. Right. But uh, we're going to be there all day and enjoying Super Nintendo World and the rest of the fine offerings at Universal Studios Hollywood. I am going on that Jurassic World ride. <laughs> You haven't been on it yet, right? I have been on it. Oh, you have been on it. I okay. have been on okay, it, okay. yeah. Um, but uh, if you are also at Universal Studios Hollywood on the 26th, we would love to meet up with you. Yeah, so hit us up on the Discord. We are uh, in there. Let us know if you're going to be there. Um, no, again, it's not a like formal meetup or anything like that. We don't have anything planned. Right. Um, but if you're going to be there, uh, just let us know. It would be cool to... Uh, Say what's up. Yeah, we would we would love to meet uh, anyone who happens to be there. Uh, yes. Uh, Mark, we have started, we have launched a Patreon, um, and we're doing cool stuff over there, and we just want people to know about it and get involved if that is something that interests you. Um, you can support us at the 4 8 or $16 a month level. Um, at 8 and above, you get uh, episodes of, you get bonus episodes of a show that we're uh, working on right now. We are in the midst of NCS Detective Club. It's a show where we are watching classic detective shows and talking about them uh, and uh, having a great time. Having a great time. But uh, w the idea is that we'll be doing these mini series. Mm -hmm. And so after we do NCS Detective Club, we'll be doing something else and you can help decide what those will be. Yeah, we'll be coming out with a poll in a, a couple months. This is too much information too soon. <laughs> we'll be coming out with a poll in a couple months to help uh, you know, with some options, and uh, you can help drive the direction of those episodes going forward. But the important part is that uh, you can support the show, patreon.com forward slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, and there are some other great rewards that you can go check out there. Yep, um, and speaking of rewards and stuff that has to do with us, you can join our Discord, um, uh, but it is an invite-only 
no riffraff in there, only in invited folk. Um, so you just got to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail and we will send you an invite, and then you can come on in and have great conversations with people all the time about what they're doing on their Switch. All right, Mark, are you ready to uh, do the, talk about what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do I it. I want to skip us all the way to the news. It's too early for that. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Tetris 99 ticket update. I kind of feel like we need theme music just for this. Just for this? For, just for like the Tetris 99 ticket update. I thought it was going to be like a... In this? Yes. In this geopolitical climate? I don't think so. All right. Due to a certain world events, that's right. We are changing the music to like a sixty minutes kind of thing. Uh-huh. We need a ticking clock. That's we, what we need. That's right. The Tetris ninety nine ticket update. I now have five hundred seventy four. Very nice. I've been playing Metroid Prime Remastered. <laughs> Shadow dropped at the Nintendo Direct last week. Yes. Put aside everything else. I was playing, even considering your playing job, my job, your uh-huh. husband. That's yes. right. Uh, it has been. I don't know, 20 years, 15 years. I can't remember the last time I played Metroid Prime, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I didn't own a Wii U, so I didn't pick up the uh, like trilogy. Right, that was on Wii, but yeah. Oh yeah, well I didn't pick it up there either. <laughs> and so it's been a really long time since I played it, and it looks really good on Switch. And I had forgotten what a masterpiece met- the original Metroid Prime is. Yeah. I did not like 2 and 3 all that, like, as much. Um, but one is so yeah. One good. is one is like nicely simple. Like two starts to complicate it with like you sort of have two versions of everything, uh, like a light version and a dark version. And uh, being in that dark world is just a stone cold Not bummer. Fun. Um, and yeah, three is where like you sort of start to embrace some of the like here are other characters and, and you're like flying the ship by like moving the Wii remote around and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of, especially in the beginning, a lot of like, Oh, your fellow, like, I mean, not, I guess not fellow, but like there's all this like military, like soldier industrial yeah. complex stuff going mm-hmm. on in the other ones. Anyways, all that is beside the point. The first one is so good. And one thing, especially having played Metroid dread, not that long ago in the grand scheme of things is how different metroid prime is from like metroid dread because metroid prime or you know like a lot of the classic metroid games is that metroid prime is so much slower and more deliberate but not in like a like slow as in oh this is boring more in a you really explore the areas scanning things with your like scan visor is how you learn so much of the lore so if you're interested in that yeah you're rewarded for really taking your time and looking at all the environments and finding areas you can scan. If you don't care, you don't need yeah, that you can, information. You can just blast on through. The like one of the things I abs- I really dislike in video games is the feeling of being lost. Like trying to just kind of like find my way through something is not fun to me at all. And so a lot of times I will use guides for games, but I have not found the need to use a guide for Metroid Prime. Because I feel like it is really good about giving you freedom to explore, but also when you hit a dead end, it's very clear and you're like, I know that there is something like a door or something that I'm missing yeah. and I just need to go back and find it. But especially in the beginning, I'm still on like um, the first pl- like planet. Yeah, yeah. But it's all it's all on Talon Four, right? Right. Yeah. It's just like the but the first area. Yeah. yeah. Or no, no. So I I just got to uh, Fenandra Drift. Fendrana. Fendrana Drift. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, anyways, the game is just so good. I had forgotten how good it is. The music is amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. Mm-hmm. It looks incredible on Switch. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, since we are talking about Metroid and there's like a renewed interest in, in Metroid, I do just want to bring up the great band Metroid Metal that does like heavy metal covers of all the Metroid music. They do a lot of, of prime music as you as you might uh might assume, including like a really kick in Fendrana drifts. Um so look up Metroid Metal, you will not be disappointed. Also, I need to do a little bit of a debug. So last week when we were talking about it, that in our reactions to the direct I mentioned that there were new dual stick controls 
plus a more classic control scheme. And I mentioned I wasn't sure if there were motion controls like they had for the Wii mm -hmm. versions. And I can confirm there are motion controls. Plus, uh, you have the ability to... It's a little bit weird how they implemented it, just like finding it, but it works great. It's how I'm playing, is you turn on... I'm playing with dual stick, yeah. but then in the camera settings, you can turn on like camera plus gyro. And so oh, you nice. get like a little bit of extra. Yeah. And it works. Just that like fine tuning. It works I perfectly. Love I love it so much. It's really good. Also, you know, when. So the game is out now digitally, but we'll be releasing in a few weeks physically. And Patrick was right. I was wrong. Patrick, you were saying that the physical version, or sorry, the digital version, and presumably the physical version would be 40 bucks. I was like, no, 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 no. There's no way they're they're going to charge more for the physical version. Oh. They're not. It's it's forty bucks across the board. I have no memory of saying that. <laughs> okay, I, I'll I'll take the W. Yeah, you yes, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and then uh, I think we both have been messing around a little bit with the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance uh, Nintendo Switch Online games. Yeah, I didn't really play. I have not played much either. Anything. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to find out was again in the reaction episode. I wasn't sure if they included. Yeah the rewind features they do but they do which is such a relief and i still hope and pray that someday there must be a technical reason they don't do it on the nintendo 64 switch online but someday i hope we get it that up feels like an oversight because literally all there there are six libraries on there now and the nintendo 64 is the only one maybe it's never rewind maybe it's because like the way that yeah, Are they I, just not holding that much like historical I like don't, 30 seconds of of your your last movement like see, yeah it fe or it's it because you hold R2 or ZR and ZL in those games but they add the extra like, buttons yeah. on the Nintendo 64 controller to know. do it yeah i'm i'm just i'm just not sure hopefully someday but it is yes. nice that they have it on the uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance mark i went right in uh, right away to Super Mario Advance 4 Super Mario Brothers 3 so i could play those e-reader levels um and the first couple e-reader levels, the first like five or six of them, are just Super Mario Brothers one levels remade in Super Mario Brothers three, uh, which was fun. But I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but I'm I'm looking forward to like going back and really digging into the the rest of those uh, levels. But then I'm not really sure where I'm gonna go next. I this is I am so interested in this Alone in the Dark game. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> great. We, but can I ask can I ask about this uh the Super Mario Brothers yeah. Advance 4, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers 3? <laughs> How do you access the e-reader levels? Um it's just it's like one of the options right away. Oh, got it. it. You okay. You can either like start a new game or go to the e-reader level. But you have to start you can, you can't select any of the levels on the e-reader screen. Like do you have to start at you, no level one one or whatever it's no, no, called no, no. Oh, it's, okay. there, there's like a whole menu of them but you know because there's a whole menu and like a little uh like emblem that appears uh saying that like you beat it uh i was like well i'm gonna start at the beginning oh got like it but they're all out. available from the beginning they're all available from the beginning i think actually like they're all listed there certainly um and i have to assume that i could have selected any of them because they weren't like grayed out or anything but i started at the top and just started to work my way down well you know some of these questions i'm just asking for potential debug material next week no we? so just you're lure you're setting traps for me mark <laughs> um but so like uh, th there are there are so many like intriguing, interesting titles uh, on the especially the GBA library right now and coming in the future um, that are like kind of meaty experiences, right? Um, uh, there's like the Mario and Luigi game on there. There's Minish Cap. Um, uh, I guess Golden Sun isn't there yet, but like there are kind of a lot of games in there where I'm like, these could be my these could be a next like not just virtual console style like playthrough of like something slight but like a real experience to dig into uh and i'm just like i don't know I, I i want to dig into one i just haven't decided what yet it does it feels like it's also very hard because i'm playing fire emblem and i'm excited to start metroid oh man uh, no totally it, it's so it feels very unusual for february to have this kind of like just breadth of yes. new feels like new games to play and like things that I want to do. I want to look this up uh, just make sure I am saying the right person, but I think listener Palsy Pace in, yeah, our, in our Discord, Discord. is playing through is all on a mission to play through yes. all the Game Boy games, which is such a good idea because 
they're Game Boy games, so they're not that long. Like, this feels accomplishable. Yeah, I mean, but, like, some of them are kind of, like, Super Mario Land 2 is, like, it's like a full game. Yeah. I mean, you know, like four or five hours, but like it's it's still it, like that's a that's a real game. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just thought that was yeah. a fun idea. Like yeah. I could uh, it's, it's very fun. Yeah. Uh so Godspeed, Palsy Pace. Um Mark, I have an announcement to make. I have watching this Nintendo Direct got me like excited about the future of the Switch, and it also got me being like we're not going to see a new model of Switch for a while. Like they're they're doubling down on what the what they're offering on the current hardware, and they don't do that as they're like that's not a death throw situation. Mm-hmm. You don't add services to a dying platform. Um, so I bought a Switch OLED edition. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I'm sorry, I I'm trying to I was just trying to like think what the appropriate reaction. Was I feel like we need maybe like a song? It's a solemn congratulations. Is, <laughs> oh, what, is what it is. No, of we course. We need another song. That's, I was just thinking that I'm gonna sing the song, and you're gonna be like, "We can't do that song in today's climate." <laughs> no, no. I was just thinking like maybe we do we like because it's like yeah, a song that said like consumerism. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. Because we're we're always celebrating buying things. We on are this, always on this celebrating show. Yeah. buying things. But anyways, and, and I struggle with that. I really do. I struggle with how like no. Let us not okay, rain. Great. Let us not rain on this parade. Patrick. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I also got a one terabyte uh, SD card because I was like, I don't want to. I've been deleting stuff from my Switch lately because I just have to um, to make room for, you know, like uh, Persona 5 Royal with all of its voice acting. Like, it's too big, Um, even though it's half the size of uh, how it appears on other platforms. In any event, um, uh, I I got the the memory card and the Switch OLED, uh, and I am... I love the the build of the new thing. Those white Joy-Con look great. So does the dock. Um, that screen is so bright and vibrant. And I'm just saying things that people have known for two years. But uh, it's all true. So when I got mine a few weeks ago, months was, ago at this point? It was this year. Yeah, yeah it, it was. was. So maybe like ago. six weeks ago. Yeah. Something like that. I. Uh, I talked a little bit about how the setting up experience is a little bit awkward, or I found a little bit awkward. What what was your experience like? Um, no, I just followed the instructions, and it interesting did, didn't feel that awkward. Curious. To me. Here's here's something I am a little worried about, though. I did not go through the trouble of because it's been so long of transferring my island in Animal Crossing. Oh, I didn't do that either. So I think it's possible. I still have the the old Switch and I was going to go and like check up on it uh to see if like I can if it's still on there somewhere if I can upload that um through the like island transfer thing. I don't think it takes it automatically through You definitely have to do that separately. You have to do that. But separately. I don't think you have to do it like the moment that you get I think you could do it at any time. That would be sure. crazy sure. if you have to transfer it. Because you still, if you're using the same account, you still have two valid switches. Just right, the island right. isn't shared between the two. Right. So I'm pretty sure you can still do it. So that's, uh, th- there was that and then like one other thing that I, I wanted to do. But like, yeah, that that is one. It's just weird where it's like, you're backing up all the rest of this. Like, why don't you just back up the island? And I guess it's, you know, part of the, they don't want you to, you know, like farm whatever and, you know, by safe scumming it and. But it's all dumb because it's, uh, you know, effectively, it's not, it's a non-competitive game. Who cares if you have an advantage over other players? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it. And you can already way. cheat by time traveling. So, like, yeah, like, n- none of it, none of it matters. How did you feel, again, I'm just uh, yeah. reflecting my experience on your own. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about getting the new Switch and not having your like legacy of games that you had previously downloaded and then removed. Uh, well, so I, I I I felt good having this like blank screen, but then uh-huh. I then I also got like a uh, uh, like a, I need to get to work sort of. Uh, where, so I I went to the like uh, the the Switch store and like clicked on my little icon uh, and like re-download and I was like everything that I'm going to want on this which I'm going to start downloading now mm-hmm. and then I just like set it up on the table while Sarah and I watched TV and just like checked in on it every now and then <laughs> make sure it was still downloading um, 
being held up by its perfect little kickstand, which is so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I, I, I want there, and it was the kind of stuff that I was like, oh, you know, I, I took the, I took the overcooked games off of my Switch because I was, you know, I needed room. I was like, no, this is, these are going to be on here now that I've got this uh, bigger, bigger memory card. Um, just stuff like that, where I was like, these are games that I removed, um, but could see my, you know, like could play at the drop of a hat because um, they're fun, like multiplayer games or whatever. Yeah, I'm a little worried that I'm going to like forget that i have that i bought games and never played them yeah because i had the castlevania advanced collection on my old switch right just like because at any moment i was gonna start it right and then now i'm like i wonder if i'll ever play that game ever because i'll have to remember to go download it yeah well so you know like you go into the switch store you can see everything you've purchased yeah Yeah. so you you don't have to like remember and like find it all (laughs) one by one there's also a way if you just go into settings uh and like data management or some, something along those lines and you can re-download stuff that way too oh or it's okay. actually it's from the uh i remember where it is it's when you uh click on the um that's right you click on <laughs> uh the uh the little uh like all of your games are in a row and you click on the thing to see like a wider view of them if you scroll all the way to the bottom there's a, a re-download um things re-download patrick games i have so bottom. few games on my switch currently that i don't have a it's there. Go, go to the bigger if screen. If you go all the way to the right, there is a thing there. I don't think there is because I only have like four games on there. I, I know, but then you have empty square, empty square, empty square, empty square, empty square, empty square until you get like to the end of that line. Oh, Maybe I see. 12 empty squares or something. <laughs> and then there'll be a single like circle with four squares in it. I have been playing primarily in, mostly in like handheld mode with the Switch recently. And the the OLED screen is nice. It makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely does. But... That being said, I don't know why I feel like I have to give this disclaimer, maybe because we did our little consumerism jingle up at the top. If you don't have one, you're fine. Oh, yeah, you're totally <laughs> fine. It, it, but, like, uh, and I would have been fine, too. I had been playing my launch day Switch. Same, exactly. Right? It has so, been almost yeah. seven years. And like like you, Patrick, it did feel like the point where it's like, oh, yeah, we're not getting new hardware this year. Right. And so I might as well go for it. Um. I have been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Engage on this thing. Uh, and the deeper I get into Fire Emblem Engage, the more I just think it's a great game. Oh, that's great. Um, that, like, look, I, I see the criticisms about the story. I also agree that the main character looks dumb. Um, uh, and then the, the, the pair of uh, children characters that you meet immediately upon playing this game are the worst voice acted characters and the worst written characters in any Fire Emblem game I've ever played. Um, but there are so, like, every new battle that I get into, the game's like, oh, by the way, here are three new characters. And it's like, oh, you know, I have so many of these guys, I gotta, like, juggle them. Um, but, you know, I'm on, like, chapter 10 right now, I think. And then I've done a bunch of, like, paralogs and stuff. Um, and I've got a crew and I've got a crew that I love, right? Like all these characters that I'm like building up their individual abilities and their bonds with each other, their bonds with the main character. Uh, and I'm just like, I just dig it. And I'm just having a great time, um, building those characters and getting into the like tactical battles and stuff. Uh, I love it. How is Connor? Connor's good. Um, he, uh, He's still, he, I don't know that I'm ever going to change him out of those sunglasses. Um, Connor's wearing, Connor is my like cat dog thing that uh, it lives on the floating island with us. Um, he's wearing uh, black sunglasses and like a little black bandana and a, a yellow ribbon on his butt. Um, yeah, no, he's good. <laughs> he's, he's good. Um, I do like that every time I finish a chapter, they offer like something new to do on the floating island on, on, on the Somniel. Um, you know, like making meals together or doing activities with other characters. Or um, I really like uh, there's the system by which you donate to the various kingdoms uh, and that increases uh, like your connection with those lands, which means it improves your ability to adopt animals from those regions. So like I got all these like cats and pigeons and dogs and sheep and stuff living on my floating island. It's the best. That's fun. I We should... Should Connor check be a segment and should I have a theme song? Uh, there's going to be no update. He's I am not changing him out of those sunglasses. Fair. fair. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm all in on Fire Emblem Engage. I especially liked, you know, Mark, you mentioned that after the Nintendo Direct, you had like something to do right away. Um, and that is, uh, you know, I went right to the uh, the Hector paralog and like got that emblem 
which was a struggle because I, st I still think I'm a little underleveled for it. Um, but uh, did it, and now I'm like back in the story, and then I'm gonna head back and like collect some of the other um, new emblems. It's just it, it's it's so cool that I was like, here's new stuff to engage with in. I should not have said engage. <laughs> I like it. I thought I, I think I it's didn't cute. Mean, I, I, no. no, I think it's cute. You think it's cute? All right, Mark. Uh, that's uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Blanc is released. <laughs> you know what's tragic? Tell me. Is that we've seen Blanc in three consecutive <laughs> Nintendo Directs, right? Feels like it's been years it's been, that it's, we've been talking about Blanc. It, it feels like it's been years since we since we started talking about Blanc. And every time we see it, I'm like, that looks cute. I'd like to play that. Now it's coming out, and I'm like... I got Fire Emblem. I got timing. Metroid. Like, totally. You messed up. Yep. You messed up, Blanc. This might be true. Maybe the last time we ever talk about Blanc. But I, I will say this. <laughs> if uh, Bold claim. If somebody, Do we need theme music for that? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't hurt. If somebody gets Blanc, yes. I would be very interested to hear impressions I would love to it. hear impressions of Blanc. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then on Thursday, February 16th, Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Line is released. Yes! This is, of course, the Final Fantasy rhythm game. Uh, there's a demo for it that is available now. Your progress carries over into the main game and all that good stuff. Mark, I think I'm going to pick this up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, like, I was reflecting on my experience playing the demo um, and, like, sometimes being, uh, like, a little bewildered by it. And also being like, there's no way I can ever engage with the like um, expert level uh, of these tracks, but like, it's good and it's fun and the music is like chill or uh, you know sometimes not chill and uh, very. I mean, it's good music. It's music I like. Um, and if it's like something that I'm picking up like between sessions of uh, other games, like I'm always looking for that kind of game, right? Like. Tetris is that kind of game for me. Picross is that kind of game for me. Uh, and if it can just be something where I can, like, groove to some Final Fantasy tunes for a little while, like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, that's exciting. I'll be interested to hear, like, your continued experiences with it. Uh, and I will be interested to share those with you. I don't think, or at least from the get-go, I'm not going to pick up the uh, the, the DLC tracks. Um, and I know there there is music in there that I'll that I want to hear music that I like. But I think there's also a lot of stuff in there that I have zero familiarity with. Right. Some of the later Final Fantasy games, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, all the Final Fantasy games are in the, um, in like the, the, the base game. Mm -hmm. It's the, I, I'm saying that the, oh, the, in DLC, the DLC, yeah, that oh, there's the like DLC. St stuff there that I don't think I'll really miss. So. Got it. And then on Friday, February 17th, Tales of Symphonia remastered is released. Mm, I saw Tar this weekend. Just speaking of Symphonia. <laughs> I really like Tar. Well, there's a video game connection in that. <laughs> there is a video game There is game a video game, yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Laughed out loud at it. We're not actually going to say what the spoiler is. <laughs> no, but no, I, no, no, no. I laughed out loud at, at, at the video game connection at the end of, at the end of Tar. Uh, Tales of Symphonia, is that something that you're interested in? or I, In a different time, maybe. I just don't think I have room in my heart for anything other than Metroid Prime Remastered. Um, well, all right, Mark, those are the new releases. Uh, let's close this segment out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, I think we've got a double challenge in front of us today. Yeah, so first of all, last week we guessed the Disney movie based on First Lions, as suggested by May Say Ace in our discord and i got the name wrong last week so i wanted to get it right yeah and i will say if i'm ever saying your name 
and I get it wrong, mm-hmm. I want to get it right. So if you right. if you politely correct me in the Discord or, th- or through email. Doesn't have to be that polite. <laughs> well, I would prefer it, but that's true. The emails come to me. I'm checking the emails. <laughs> that's if right. they're rude, I can take it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we'll put it on Patrick. He'll filter it out. Right, right. right. Uh, but anyways, I want to get people's names right. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Mesa Ace, for last week. And this week, we're going to guess the movie based on emojis. This is a BuzzFeed quiz. Uh, will we link to this quiz in the episode description? We absolutely can. We absolutely yeah. can. Although, yeah. I don't know what the point would be because we're going to reveal the answers as we do this. Sure. Maybe you want to inflict it on somebody. <laughs> Skip ahead four minutes. Okay. Um, okay. So, the, the the thing here is that it's uh, emojis communicating. The did title say, of a movie. Did I say emojis? Em- em- I'm not sure. I feel like I went insane just then. Yeah. Okay. So, the w- First, we're going to describe what we see. Uh-huh. Um, and, Mark, the first one, we're seeing a bunch of green dresses. And I'm going to guess that it's, like, 27, 27 dresses. dresses. I'm going to say that as well. Yeah, okay. Sorry, this is a quiz where it's not multiple choice. We have to type it in. And, yeah. But we are correct. Okay, great. It is 27 dresses. Next one, there's a uh, woman with brown hair. She's wearing a crown, and there's a notebook next to her. That's got to be the Princess Diaries. It has to be the Princess Diaries. Uh... Sorry, it's taking me a second to type these out. <laughs> It's all. It's okay. Okay, we are correct. We're Perfect. doing good. Uh, Mark, you want to describe the next one? Yeah, it's a mermaid s- emoji, but it's very tiny. It's so tiny. It, or one might even say it's a little mermaid. One might even say it is the little mermaid. Oh yeah, let's see if I might just type. Okay, they they're graceful. I said, uh, or they're full of grace because I said mer- little mermaid, and they accepted that. Okay, great. Um, next uh, one is. The like just man face emoji, but mm-hmm. it's like the the yellow one, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So not picking a race, uh, and then a bear, and then two beers together. Do you think this is Ted? I think it's possible. This I is think Ted. you're right. It is Ted. It's not trying to communicate the no. title, but the essence. of It the movie. has to be Ted. You're right. It okay. is Ted. Great. Okay. The next one is the ghost emoji, the one where it's like sticking its tongue out. Uh-huh. Skull and bones, a film camera, and then a like the laughing face like the crying laughing the crying laughing uh scary movie could be scary movie could be scream could be what's like the laughing part i don't i mean there the skull and crossbones camera laughing almost makes me think jackass oh but what's the ghost the ghost the ghost doesn't make any sense ghost death camera laugh Uh, well, let's just guess. Try scary movie. Okay, I think, okay, I think okay. scary movie's uh, the the best bet, and then. But I, yeah, I uh, oh, we were right. It is scary movie. Great, great. I think that was a bad one. I think that's a bad one too. Uh, two sunglass faces, uh-huh. a black square, a gun pointing towards the black square. I don't know if that's important. A rocket ship, <laughs> an alien, and uh, like and like a space invader. A space invader. This is Men in Black. Okay. I mean, it's the the two sunglass guys. No, I, I think you're right. Could be X Files. Could be X Files. No, you're right. Okay. You're, or I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It is. It's Men in Black. I don't understand the two different types of aliens. That I don't feels excessive either. To me. I don't either. The next one is Night at the Museum. I'm not even gonna explain the emojis. Yeah, it's like a night, and then like <laughs> a, a building, like a classical building with like uh, uh, columns, and then a, a flashlight, and then the like Maori giant head, uh, and then a monkey. So yeah, that's definitely Night at the Museum. All right. Up next is a tr- two different types of trees, a ping pong paddle with ball, uh huh, shrimp, and then the running emoji three times. It's Forrest Gump. Oh yeah. The two trees is for Forrest. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then ping pong running. You're right. And, You're absolutely uh, and shrimp. right. That that's got to be Forrest Gump. Okay. The next We're one. We're good at this game. <laughs> the next one is a woman with a, a female child uh-huh. and then a bride, a bride and right. then a, a, a bang, uh-huh. and then three men with three little e- each children. one with their own daughter this uh-huh. is this is mamma mia <laughs> oh my gosh because of it's, course it's it's the the woman trying to figure out you are who, absolute, which of the three guys yes. is her father you're right it is mamma mia her wedding yeah perfect okay final one yeah ghost woman running and then a woman deadlifting Powerlifting. Ghost, run, lift. Ghost, run, lift. Yeah, I mean, it's not Ghost, right? It's, no, it's I not don't the movie think, Ghost. I don't think so. It's not the movie 13 Ghosts. <laughs> I don't know. That would just be the Ghost that emoji would just 13 be, times. Uh-huh. Hmm. Ghost emoji, woman running. Oh! oh no, we're running out of time, 
Mark. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped by this I'm one. I'm stumped by this one, okay. too. I'm just going to put something in. Okay. Um, to find out what the answer is. Oh, <laughs> I, I give up. Oh, it's Paranormal Activity. I think that was a very bad... Well, I guess I haven't seen Paranormal Activity, so there's, maybe there's a lot of deadlifting in there. I haven't seen 27 Dresses, but we got that <laughs> one right away. Mark, we were accompanied today by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. Uh, let's get into the news. Hey, you may have heard that there was a Nintendo Direct last week. So here's uh, some, some follow-up, some additional things that we learned after the Direct. So Birdo was announced as a new driver coming to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as part of Booster Course Pass Wave 4. Very cool. This is the first new character addition to the game as part of the DLC. But according to Nintendo's official recap of the Direct, it's not going to be the last. Quote, returning characters from the Mario Kart series will be added in future waves. Which brings the following question. Mark, what characters from previous Mario Kart games yeah, would you like to... missing? I have a list. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, there. first of all, before I dig into the list, there are an absurd number of characters in Mario Kart Tour. Like, and a lot of them are, like, holiday-specific, Mario Santa, uh, you know, and then just also, like, the normal characters in different outfits. And Dr. Goomba Tower? I don't think Dr. Goomba Tower is in there. Yet. Yet. Uh, but maybe it will be. Uh, but, I mean, there, there's, like a, there's, like, a reindeer Yoshi. There's a kangaroo Yoshi. There's a, the Kitsune Luigi. Um, and just, like, on and on and on. So I'm not going to dig into the uh, Mario Kart Tour ones because that is... Like, we would be talking about this for an hour. Um, so maybe it's its own episode. I don't know. Um, but so here, here's who we're missing, okay? Um, originally appearing in Super Mario Kart on the Super NES, and not since, Donkey Kong Jr. Okay. He is in tour, but <laughs> it's, I, look, we're discounting tour for this, okay? We just have to. Um, uh, next is Birdo. Uh, obviously, uh, Birdo was in um, Double Dash, also appeared on, on the Wii. We are getting uh, Birdo coming up in this next set. The next character that has that exact same profile appeared on both the Wii and the Double Dash uh, is Diddy Kong. Oh. Diddy Kong, not in um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, then there's the Koopa Paratroopa, who is not in the Wii version, but he is in Double Dash. Um, and Ditto Petey Piranha also has that same profile. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so there's those characters. Then uh, beyond that, there's uh, Rob the Robot. Has not been in the game since the DS version is the only one that he appears in. Um, Funky Kong, who's in the Wii version. Nice. And nowhere else. Yeah, nice, right? Uh, and then both in Mario Kart uh, 7, the Honey Queen. So that, that giant bee that you climb around on in Mario Galaxy. Um, and uh, the Wiggler. Um, the like caterpillar enemy <laughs> are both playable characters in Mario Kart Seven. I've never on, on played Mario Kart Seven. Oh, that's fun! I didn't know the Wiggler was a yeah playable character. Playable character. Um, the Queen Bee. That is random. That it is. It, it's wild, and like she's huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so th those are the playable characters uh, that have appeared in the uh, console and handheld games. Um, is there any of those that jump out to you as like? obvious candidates for whatever reason add. i feel like nintendo is is um like ashamed of donkey kong jr yeah like, we're never seeing him again yeah so i don't think so i think diddy kong would be fun i think that'd be really kong, fun i you know i would like to see diddy kong and funky kong and them take a track from diddy kong racing and put it in the the wheels are you know the the where the locks are off the gate is, anything, is could what I'm saying. anything could happen also i want to see that big fat b i want to see that big fat b um mark would you also like to know uh the uh, characters that have appeared in the arcade version that have never been on the home or handheld. Oh my consoles. gosh, yeah. Uh, so there's Pac-Man uh, in the original arcade GP. Miss Pac-Man uh, also in the original arcade GP, which of course they can't even use the name Miss Pac-Man anymore for legal reasons. Um, and then Blinky, one of the ghosts from uh, Pac-Man, also in uh, GP. In arcade GP 2, there's a Mamechi, which is like a fully grown Tamagotchi. Wait, is, is one of the playable That's characters. really funny. The uh, the arcade game must have been developed by Bandai Namco. Yes. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then in the uh, arcade GPDX, 
the third version of the arcade game. Uh, Don Chan, the uh, uh, Taiko Drum from Taiko Drum Master, is a playable racer in the arcade version. That is amazing. Uh, so I'm hoping for Don Chan. <laughs> He's he's mine. Yeah, you do, you main the Don Chan. I'm gonna main that big fat B, um, and we'll be set. Perfect. Really, I want Donkey Kong Junior, but I, I I can accept that it's never. I don't happen. know what Donkey Kong Junior did, but Nintendo is like ashamed. He's definitely been canceled for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> yeah. I uh, so of course also Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games were announced for Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack. Uh, with the Nintendo 64 games, at least to this point, we've gotten a, generally one a month that has been the schedule that they're yeah. on. And at during the Direct, they announced upcoming Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games that would be added to the system in the future, but didn't set a particular schedule. And so... They didn't set a, ske- they didn't set a schedule for the Nintendo 64 either. Like oh, they, did, they, they just didn't said say, they now said, through whenever. Right. And then yes. it just happened they were coming out once a month. Yes. Okay, got it. And, you know, there was the two Mario parties. There were the two Mario parties. In November. Right. But, uh, no, Nintendo has clarified that there's no set schedule for the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance libraries. So we know that they will get additions in the future, but we don't know exactly when. This is uh, the, the state that we're in with the NES and Super NES games on Nintendo Switch Online as well. They, Although they haven't... There's no, like, roadmap for those, yeah. but they just tend to add games to them occasionally with yeah, no sketch, rhyme it, or reason. It has been a little while since they've done It has done been, those. actually, um, now that you mentioned that. I also feel like they're probably... Although we got Genesis games not that long ago, maybe in December, right? Um, but it's possible that they're they're done adding those. I really hope that that's the approach that they're taking, at least with the Game Boy, where it's like, uh, here's three or four games like at, at a time. I think that would that would really be cool and sort of necessary to like fill out that library. This is something a little tangential to the direct itself, but there's regularly speculation online. We have talked about it on this show before. That Nintendo sometimes finishes games and then like sits on them mm-hmm. uh, for months, maybe years, until they think it's the right until time. Until they to warm them, them enough and they can be hatched. Uh huh. So one interesting data point to these this talk. Is that now? And I guess really, it's the reason it's it's speculation is because Nintendo's never come out and said mm-hmm. they do it. But all signs point to yes, this is a practice that they have. But one interesting data point to kind of like reconfirms that is that now that Metroid Prime Remastered is released, we can see on the German Games Rating Board uh, USK on their website when it was classified, and it was classified back in July of 2021. Wow. So it's possible that the game has been finished for over a year. A year and a half, basically. And is just releasing now. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Fire Emblem Engage was classified by the USK in August of 2021. Right. And there are uh, rumors going back that uh, uh, since it was like being worked on a, by a separate team at uh, Intelligent Systems, that it was actually done way closer to uh, the release of, of Three Houses. Um, and there's just like... They knew it's uh, mania to release two Fire Emblem games next to each other. Um, and so they just, like, held it and held it and held it and held it. Um, and so here we are, like, four years later, the game actually comes out. Wild. The Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection, uh, which are HD remakes of the first three Etrian Odyssey games, was announced for Switch at the Direct. After the announcement, the Etrian Odyssey team at Atlas shared a message on the official website. And according to the translation by Persona Central... The team said that these remakes came about in their research for a new game on new hardware and that they wanted fans to have an opportunity to play these games as they're no longer accessible on new hardware. But they also write that they appreciate fans' patience for a new game. One was announced not that like uh, long into the Switch's life cycle that a new Etrian Odyssey was in development. Shades of Metroid Prime uh, but we <laughs> haven't, But we haven't seen anything. Um, but they... So they say that they appreciate patience for a new game and that the move to new hardware has been complicated since they're losing the dual screen capabilities that made the series possible in the first place. Right. But that they intend to take feedback from the HD remakes into account for this new game that they're working on. Uh, very cool to... And I guess like that, that is one of the uh, things that I worry about and we talk about from time to time is that like Nintendo had committed to a two-screen experience um, across three different platforms uh, for like a decade, um, which means there's a bunch of software that is designed for that experience. And sometimes it's easily excised. 
You don't need a big honk button in the middle of your <laughs> touchscreen controller. Um, but sometimes it's not, right? Uh, sometimes you really need to like find the workaround um, to make the game still work. Uh, and it's nice to see that even if, like this is obviously isn't coming from Nintendo, um, but that like other people are thinking about that and working towards uh, modernizing the vision for their old games and then bringing that same modernization to whatever form the series takes after that. Yeah, you've got to feel bad for the Etrian Odyssey team. You gotta. Because it's like, oh, you're, the entire crux of our game is that you draw the map on the bottom screen and now they have to figure out a way to make that work yeah. in on like a TV and they have a solution. Um, it'll just be interesting to see yeah. how, it, well, how it takes. And like I, I called it out in the direct is like sort of odd, but like they say there's an auto mapping feature um, which, like, to my mind, just makes it, like, all video game. Like, it, it takes the, the special thing and, like, throws it away. But, you know, if maybe it turns out that was getting in the way or, like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it, is, it is cool that they uh, were, uh, A, like, working on it for themselves so they knew how to make a new Etrian Odyssey game, but also are doing this for, um, like, consumers to uh, familiarize themselves with it on this new platform. When The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom opened for pre-orders after the Direct, it was confirmed that the game would be $69.99 in the United States, which is the first Nintendo game at that price. Uh, game Informer got Nintendo on the record about the price increase, and if it was something we should expect for all Nintendo first-party games going forward, the responses are hilariously terse. Terse. But, uh, so, Game Informer... Kurt. <laughs> Game Informer asked uh, on the reasoning for the 69, they inquired on the reasoning for the 69.99 price tag for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And the response they got was, quote, we determined the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case-by-case basis. Okay, fair enough. Totally. Mm -hmm. uh, this one made me laugh really hard. On if this trend, or if this is the trend for Nintendo titles going forward, the response is, No. We determined the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case-by-case -case basis, which, if you uh, are listening, is the exact same response as their first one, just with the, with word, the word no, no period, <laughs> in front of it. I mean, it, this is the quintessential we have nothing to announce at this time, right? Um, where it's like, this, we're charging more for this game because we can charge more for this game uh, because we think it's worth more. Uh, and... Does that mean that that's what's going to happen in the future? I'm only telling you about this game. Right. Um, and, I mean, we, we both mentioned uh, last week that, like, we don't see this as a big deal. Um, it's uh, at a point where you're spending $60, um, 70 is not that much different. Um, and, you know, I it's funny to see it happening at the same time uh, as, like, reactions to the direct and, um, you know, the reveal of the uh, collector's edition and all of that, that in the same breath, there are people being like, $70 is too expensive for this game. I wish it was 60 I wish I was saving $10 here. Um, and then other people being like, I can't wait to spend $130 on this collector's <laughs> edition. Um, which, you know, it's just, I mean, I, money, different amounts of money mean different things to different people, of course. Um, but it just, it doesn't feel catastrophic to me that the game is $10 more. Well, I think one thing that is... Just interesting, I guess. Just some other notes on this is that variable pricing on Nintendo games has been standard outside of North America for quite some time, and so like in Japan and Europe, yeah, um, different games cost different amounts, and that's just kind of been the standard for a while. Also, Pikmin Four can be pre-ordered for sixty bucks, so and Metroid Prime Remastered right. is forty. So, so it seems like they're true to their word on on at least like. Pikmin's not going to be 70 bucks. Uh, yes, for now. I truly think that all bets are off come next generation of hardware. I think $70. <laughs> I think $70 becomes like the standard yeah. for a Nintendo first party game. And I do think that they'll continue to play with the scale. We saw it with the WarioWare game on Switch. Yep. You know, um, we have seen it with Nintendo Switch Sports. So I do think that they, like you said, like have been messing around with um, variable pricing and that this really isn't anything new. It's just the first time that we've seen a game go over that kind of like $60 barrier. Yep. Well, yes, in modern times. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you look at like the historical data, 
um, Nintendo 64 and Super Nintendo games were so expensive um, because they needed, you know, they would make these enormous games that would use these really expensive carts um, because they needed to just like pack that much memory and like physical memory um, in there. So, and don't know. get me wrong, I'm not excited to pay seventy dollars. Like, I'm not like I am. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm like, like... It, it feels good to spend seventy dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not like not like cheering it. Uh, no, um, but it, it it seems like an inevitability. It does. Right? Yeah, it feels inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, last week, not Nintendo Direct related, Nintendo released their financial results for the quarter ending December 31st, 2022. Revealing they need your $70 so badly. <laughs> yeah, so Switch is now the third best-selling gaming system of all time with over 120, 122 million <laughs> units sold. Uh, the PlayStation 2 and Nintendo DS are the two systems ahead of it. Pokemon Scarlet and, and they're Violet, at like uh, one fifty-five and one sixty-five plus something, something like that. Or they're both around like one fifty to one sixty. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. So not, I mean, still astronomically high numbers, but no, it, it is no longer like to me outside the realm of possibility. I'm doing my part. I bought a Switch. That's right. <laughs> I bought a Switch last week. Um, it, it for for me, like I, I wonder if they're going to overtake the. DS. Yeah, I, and, I wonder. PS2. I wonder as well. Um, I feel like it just kind of depends on how long the Switch in it like stays on the market. Absolutely, and what how they uh, count whatever the next Switch. Yeah, is. that's true. That's um, true. Because you know the Game Boy, it it just recently passed the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. So like, that's already sort of using like two generations worth of like sort of mm-hmm. uh, of, of of stuff and counting it as one. Also, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which launched in November of last year, has sold over 20 million copies. It's already the fourth best-selling Pokemon game in the series, which is kind of wild. Yeah, uh, and e- even on the the backs of uh, the performance of of the game not being uh, super great, uh, doesn't doesn't seem to matter. No, a really weird reception where like techni- like on a technical level, like frame rate and all that kind of stuff, not that well received. But on a gameplay level, people really liked it. Um. You and I uh, sort of like saw the release of the new Pokemon game come and go. Uh, I don't think at any point either of us were like, "Yeah, I'm going to pick it up." I think we were both just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. We're, we're okay." Um, have you thought about like looping back to it at any point? Or does it feel like the mania has passed? You got through the moment, and it's not going to happen. I feel like as a very casual Pokemon fan, mm-hmm. um, you know, I picked up the last two generations on release and played through well for sun and moon for moon i'm pretty sure i beat it and then for sword and shield i didn't get that far maybe like five or seven hours well, i thought you had beaten uh sword and shield i don't think so i think you're describing my experience with sword. And okay shield. <laughs> maybe that could be true <laughs> who knows <laughs> maybe i did beat it i genuinely I can't remember but basically what it comes down to is like, no, there's always a Pokemon. There's a new Pokemon generation on the horizon. Not that far away. Right. Um, you know, so I, 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 I don't think I will. How about you? Uh, I don't know. I, I, do, I do think about it sometimes. I wish, see, this is where I sort of wish the uh, old version of um, like uh, the Pokemon company's like old method of operating where, you know, a couple, <clears throat> a year or two after the original release, they would put out like a third version that sort of like combines stuff, um, which, you know, could be just like a refined version of the game for the same price. I don't really want to buy the original version and pay for DLC to like get the refined version. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if 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 they're going to do what they did last time, I'm probably not. I was trying to think it. what the combination of Scarlet and Violet would be. Just brown Pokemon well, mud. <laughs> I mean, but the 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 games aren't like combina- Like it's not Pokemon purple, right? It's yellow. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that's a Patrick. That's a strong point. Thank you. Uh, in a call with investors after the financial release, every question in asked in the Q and A of Nintendo leadership had to do with Nintendo Switch hardware and software sales starting to slow down. Because uh, in this last for the in the, this last quarter or maybe the last nine months combined, both hardware and software were down about 20% compared to the previous year. And uh, so everybody was asking about that slowdown, the cause of the slowdown, and how the company plans to counter it. And really, all the answers seem to boil down to three things. 
One is increase awareness and engagement with evergreen titles for people picking up the Switch now. So basically what uh, uh, Furukawa was say- is saying is that, you know, people who are buying a Switch today, they have a completely different library from people who bought Switches in 2018 or 2019. Yes. And making people aware of these older Nintendo titles like, hey, did you play Breath of the Wild? You know, did you pick up uh, Kirby Star Allies? Um, and trying to trying to increase the sales of older titles that way is keeping people in the loop about what is available. They got to move some copies of Arms. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> uh, another pillar in these three is new software. Yep. Okay. And then third is increasing increasing exposure to Nintendo outside of games to create a sort of like Halo effect. Which Nintendo has talked about a lot. Like, n- this is not a new strategy at all. You have Super the Super Mario Brothers movie opening in April, which is clearly very important to their future plans. Right. And had, like, a, a spot during the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. And, and it was, like, a real, um, like, a, a – so uh, th- that's the uh, – Actually, I'm saying this. I don't actually know if this is where the the clip comes from, but like the the commercial where they're like doing the Super Mario Bros. Super Show rap, um, that was a, a Super Bowl spot, right? It was, yeah. yeah okay. Uh-huh. So like they're positioning uh, at a very American sporting event, um, a very American interpretation of the Super Mario Brothers as a like entertainment property um, slash nostalgia play. Um, at the Super Bowl, right? Like this is it's it's positioned front and center. They're betting a lot on it, and it's like clear that it is a a big pillar of what they're moving forward with. This is a total sidebar, yeah. But do you think that that clip was created specifically for the Super Bowl and is not in the film? Because if it's for, if it is from like the Super Show, yeah, I. I'm guessing there's a lot of the worldwide audience for this movie that would have that has no like referenced for it. Right. Well, and it it also like can't be a clip f- from the movie because there's like a part where it just like lingers on the screen where with a phone number and a website to go to. And those things in the in and of themselves are promotional things for the movie, right? The website uh is, you know, you can try to like book an appointment for the Mario Brothers to come out and check your plumbing. If you call the phone number, it's Charlie Day's Luigi like telling you that they're backed up or whatever. Um so like it's uh yeah, it may not be in the movie. Like parts of it might be. Mm-hmm. Um but like this this thing is a Super Bowl ad for the movie. So, uh, going back to what we were talking about, yeah. so Super Mario Brothers movie very important to Nintendo. Super Nintendo World, like we talked about, opening has already opened in Japan. Is going to be opening in Hollywood later this week, um, but doesn't open for real until we show up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so that is like their third way that they talk about here of continuing you know, to sell switches, to sell hardware is people, maybe lapsed gamers, people haven't played for a long time, um, or kids go to Super Nintendo World, they go see this new Mario movie and are very excited, and then they want to switch. They want, you know, the latest yeah. Mario game or old Mario games or whatever is available to them. So- well, and so much, there's so much that is available right now, and so much that, like, there's uh, the idea of this, like, the evergreen content, but there's also the legacy content, which is becoming very easy to access if you have a Switch. Um, and you play for Nintendo Switch Online, you get three months of it for free when you uh, buy buy a Switch. Um, like, the appeal of the uh, NES, Super NES, and Game Boy libraries, I don't think should be discounted. Like, you can play Tetris, Game Boy Tetris, uh Basically for free when you get a new Switch. And you can rewind your mistakes 30 seconds. Which is nuts. No no one should have that ability <laughs> to do that in Tetris. I, 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 I'm against the whole thing now. Throw it all out. So as part of the Q&A, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa answering one of these questions calls this uncharted territory uncharted for the company. Uncharted territory. It's, quote, Nintendo Switch is coming up on its seventh year of sales in March, which this is Mark talking crazy that it's yep. been seven years uh, and we see this is uncharted territory in the history of our dedicated video game platforms under these circumstances it is hard to imagine that hardware sales will continue to grow at the same pace they have to date however there are titles under development for nintendo switch and new titles will continue to be proposed going forward we are seeing both new demand and multiple system demand for the hardware so we think that 
we think there is still room for growth in sales. To that end, we want to maintain a high level of engagement with the hardware and create new demand, not only by releasing new titles, but also by working further to convey the appeal of existing titles. Yeah. Yeah, so nothing like really surprising there. Kind of like as a corollary to this, a couple of weeks ago in a news episode, we talked about a report from Bloomberg that indicated Nintendo was looking to increase their Switch production this upcoming fiscal year compared to uh, the current year. And the re- But the report also said that Nintendo was on track to meet their original goal of selling right. 21 million Switches this fiscal year um, instead of their revised 19 million estimate. But at the earnings release, Nintendo actually revised down their estimate this year to 18 million Switches. So kind of like what to make of the Bloomberg report. It's possible it's just wrong. wrong right. Um. And it's also possible that, like, numbers get revised all the time and the market is volatile and it's tough to anticipate consumer behavior. Also, comments by Furukawa seem to indicate that Nintendo isn't considering a price drop. And no no real sign of a new, like, Switch successor on the horizon. So probably not accounting for new hardware at this point. I mean, I, I will refer us to our earlier conversation uh, m- months ago at, at the reveal of the PSVR 2 price of $550. Uh, and I was like, this is it. Like, this is what hardware costs now. Um, we're locked into old pricing for PlayStation 5, old pricing for the Xbox Series X and S, um, and old pricing for the Switch. We're like... the it's not common for an existing piece of hardware to go up in price with no change to what it is. Um, but like we've gone through, oh, but it did for the PlayStation five in areas that aren't yes, it, that's right. North America. They did raise the price. They, they did raise and the price. I think Xbox hasn't, but there are like persistent rumors that right, they're going right, to. Right. And the like uh, Oculus or meta quest two did raise its price a hundred dollars. Um, so like they're, what what we have like sort of locked in our minds is like the price of these machines about five hundred dollars three hundred for uh something like the switch that's old data um and the next time we see the new switch the playstation 6 the xbox who knows because it's impossible to predict what they're going to do with this stuff um the prices are just going to be higher than what we've been dealing with. <laughs> i've never thought about it that way but you're totally right basically what furukawa is saying what nintendo is doing is by not raising the price they're giving people a price cut Kinda. I mean, like that. That actually is the reality. Um, that it it like functionally costs less. by staying the same. By staying the same, it's the same as like if you didn't get a raise this last year, you got uh, your your wages have been reduced uh-huh. effectively um, because inflation has uh, had this effect on the value of the dollar. Interesting. Um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, I am very interested to see what the next generation of con- and who knows when that happens right right it, it could, years from now um but like yeah the next switch is going to be at least four hundred dollars yeah like get used to that idea now and four is probably low um like 450 or 500 dollars is probably what we should be expecting man i think you're right yeah that's pretty crazy but i think you're right yeah uh the pokemon company is included in the exhibitor list for pax east 2023 taking place between March 23rd and March 26th in Boston. No word on what will be playable from the company. Interesting. But so, I mean, maybe just Scarlet and Violet, but we usually get a Pokemon Presents sometime towards the beginning of the year that lays out basically what is going to be happening in Pokemon for the year. So maybe we'll know more before the end of March. Yeah, and you know, the Pokemon company had a uh you know, a wild like 13 months uh with uh, the brilliant diamond and shining pearl arceus and then scarlet and violet so like they put out a lot of content in not a ton of time uh so and like, just a few months before i mean you're totally right and just a few months before that was new snap right was that all was that just a no, little new, bit new snap was was like, that years ago at I, this think, point? I think that was a, a year before that. <laughs> I, I i think new snap was 2021 i think you're right now that you're saying that um glad i interrupted you for that <laughs> There should be a music cue for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's and you know they're, they're they're always putting out they're always putting stuff out. Um, but I, I wonder if there's like ever a breathe moment for um, for for the Pokemon Company. 
What's it look like, Mark? What year did po- new Pokemon Snap come out? You know what? It's not. It's, it's, it's not 2020, important. isn't it? It's like it? April of 2020. <laughs> it's like it's 2021. Okay, I yeah. think. Um, uh, and then finally, the most recent Splatoon three Splatfest wrapped up on Sunday, and it was a it was a three way battle between Dark Milk and White Chocolate, but it was a clean clean sweep for White Chocolate, including being the most popular team. So it ended up winning all of the points possible, mm-hmm. but the actual battles were pretty close, which is fun to see. Like it was pretty evenly split. Uh, white chocolate did win each category, but it was only by a couple of percentage points. Okay, so help me figure out what's going on here, because I ref- refuse to believe that we live in a world where the plurality of players of any game on any platform among any population prefer white chocolate I, to dark and milk chocolate. I so I think you're right. However, I do think we live in a world where a plurality of people players on any game yes. like to be contrary. That is true. I think we also live in a society where a plurality of players of Splatoon 3 want to support whichever team Big Man represents. Uh, uh-huh. uh because I think the other two are uh, charming goblins, but goblins nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Big Man is like a manta ray. Yep. Uh, who's like, you, you just know, want to be hugged by him. Yeah, he's like five times the size of the rest of them. Like, they can't give you a, a good hug. <laughs> he's going to wrap his uh, wings around you twice. Are they wings? They're fins. They got to be fins. They're fins. Although they're like attached to, like, he, he is, manta rays are just, are they just one giant fin? Wait. No, it's like they're like two. They're like the side fins on a fish, but it's just two of them, right? But are, but they're like it's attached to its body. It's just like a trapezoid. Yeah, but like it's got bones and stuff. Like, what do you do? You think we're it's not going to be able to solve? Do you this think magic. the bones are like a kite? Like, <laughs> maybe I do. Prove me wrong, Patrick. I'm not going to do that. Prove me wrong. All right, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can also check out the Discord. All you got to do is email us, and we will invite you in. The email address is Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Anthony DeLuca made our logo, and our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.